Well, good morning, New Life. Um, before I actually get started, I just want to just take a moment to acknowledge, um, you know, as I was sitting there in worship and just kind of and praying and, and worshiping with all of you, it feels to me, whether this be true or not, but it feels to me that there is, there's about half the room that's just kind of in this place of contemplation, contemplative, whether it be that something's heavy, whether there's something on your mind. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be bad, you know, as a place of contemplation. But then there's kind of this other half of the room that's like, let's go take the mountain, right? And so there's, there's this weird kind of spin of energy that's going on in the room. And so I just want to acknowledge it and say that it's all welcome, right? It's all okay to come like that. You don't have to come in here and think that we've got to put on a smile and put on your best Sunday face, you know, for this. We hope that this is a place where you can be contemplative. You can bring those, that heaviness. You can bring those, you know, those spaces of thought. And hopefully there's someone here, you know, for you to talk to and speak to about that. And just know that we're building a community of faith for that, a community of faith to support you, um, support each other, you know, through that. And I think those of us that are kind of in the mountain-taking stage, we just came out of the contemplative stage, right? And so John had said it once that you're either going into the storm, you're in the storm, or you're coming out of the storm, right? And so this is kind of the, this movement. So let me just, I just want to pray for us before I get started for that. So Father, I just thank you for the community that you're building. I thank you that this is, is, is you're developing a safe space, Lord, for us to come and be vulnerable, to come and know that we don't just say the word family, but we're actually developing what it means to be family with each other. Lord, we know that as humans, um, we're going to bring, we're going to bring our hurts into this. And Lord, we can't promise that we won't hurt somebody else because it's just, it's just the nature of us being human. But God, we pray that we can be vulnerable in this space. We pray that we can open up ourselves to this, Lord, and lean on one another when it comes to that, those areas of, of contemplation, Lord, and that those that are ready to take the hill, that we can reach back and grab somebody by the arm and know that, that we've got them, that we're protecting them, that we're here with them. And so, Father, I just pray that you would bless this space, that you would consecrate it now. Lord, open our minds and our hearts, as Grace prayed earlier this morning, that those receptacles in our hearts would be open to hear the word today and just to receive it in the place that we are. And so, God, we thank you and just bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. All right. Well, we are continuing on in our sermon series around the spiritual gifts, the manifestation gifts that are specifically found in 1 Corinthians 12. And we're, as you can see, we're in our roundtable series. So it's a shorter message and a chance for us to discuss at the tables, get to know one another, and really kind of talk out the things that we're learning um, throughout uh, the message today. And so we've been through two, two messages already. The first, John kicked this off with us talking about words of wisdom and words of knowledge. We did an exercise around the table that I know felt very awkward for some. For others, it was great. For others, that was, that was not good at all <laughs> um, as we're just we're, we're pressing the bounds. But it's, it's, um, these, are some, th- these are gifts given to us by God. I know we did this at the men's retreat um, where I had all 19 guys circle up and we pass this around. You want to talk about it feeling awkward, you know, for a little bit, and some that, that really didn't want to press into that, but allowed, allowed God and knew that it was a safe space, and they, 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 they let themselves be vulnerable in that. Well, that raised up some things, and so the following week, Rachel, last week, Rachel preached on a sermon about just what it means to, to be in a safe community, to know that as we're developing these gifts, we, we, there will be a level of safety that we feel that will help us or hinder us in our operation of that gift. And knowing that we want to cultivate, at its deepest sense, a place of love. Some place that is rooted in love. 
I know many of you were kind of impacted just by hearing this idea of unconditional love and the safe space to be developed and that it was okay. And so I'm glad that that was a place where, where you could feel some emotion rise, where you felt safe to be able to express that kind of thing. And that is really how all of these manifestation gifts must be seen. They must be seen in light of the realities of love, of God's love towards us and our love towards each other. And so for the nerds in the room, there's something called a chiastic structure. I've talked about it in, in Kingdom Story. When um, a passage is written, there's the top and the bottom match, the next two phrases match, the next two phrases match, and then it gets into the center. And this was a Hebrew writing device that if you didn't remember anything else, if you remembered the center, you got the point of the whole message. Well, when Paul's writing, if you look in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts, 1 Corinthians 14 talks about the gifts, 1 Corinthians 13, in the middle of them is that entire chapter that talks about love, right? And so Paul is saying, while the gifts are awesome and we want to function in that, let's not forget that everything has to be rooted in love. The gifts don't matter if they're not rooted in love. And so we have to recognize that as God imparts these gifts to us and we manifest these gifts to others, it is all, it should all be a result of love. That God is, loves us so much that he would impart a gift to you and that you love others so much that you are going to share that gift with others. And if that's not the way things roll, then there's harm that can be caused because of the operation of those gifts. We'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, and some of you have experienced that, right? Whether it be the gift of faith that I'll be talking about today or somebody proclaiming a healing over you and then the healing never happens, right? And we have belief. It's not out of mal. You know, we're not being, trying to be malicious. However, love needs to be the thing that is leading us in all that we do. It is, and as we pursue the gifts... Paul says to earnestly desire the gifts. That's how 1 Corinthians 12 ends, is please desire the gifts. But what we need to be doing first and foremost is going after the gift giver, right? So the gift giver being God. Your pursuit of God, your pursuit of your relationship and intimacy with God needs to be first and foremost, not the pursuit of the gift, right? When we pursue the gift giver completely and wholly, then the gift's will flow out of that space, right? They will be a manifestation of God through you to others. The idea is that that gift points people to God, not to you, right? And so today, that's going to be a little bit of our context and our background as we talk about the gift of faith. So today I'm going to be talking about the gift of faith. We talked about the gifts of the words of knowledge and the words of wisdom. The next one that comes up there in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 says, and to another one, the gift of faith. Right? Um, the Amplified in one of its previous versions translated it the, the, uh, a special faith. And so we need to understand a little bit about what the gift of faith actually is. So I'm going to split this. That there's, there's the gift of faith, and then there's our what I'll, I'll call our personal faith, okay? The, the personal faith is something that we develop and we can cultivate over time, okay? So there are several things in God's word that God lists out that he makes promise to us about. 
Right? Promises to us about his power, promises to us about his love, promises to us about taking care of us, all of these different things, which we read in the word and we go, yep, that's true. But there's a gap between us knowing that it's true and us actually believing it, right? And so the way faith, the word in the Greek that can actually be translated can be faith, can be trust, can be belief, right? So all of these three words wrapping up in the idea of faith, but there is a level of our own personal faith. There's a faith we need to have that God exists. There's a faith we need to have that Jesus saved us on the cross, right? Those two things are pretty foundational to our entire walk. And then there's faith we develop as we go on, right? Even as we think about some of the gifts, is there, is there a faith that people can be healed, that God wants to heal people? Is there a faith for the miraculous? Is there a faith that speaking in tongues is actually real, right? So there's, there's these faiths, this faith journey that we go on and we develop. But then there's the special faith, right? And, now, and what is the special faith? The special faith is an is an impartation of God's faith to you. Okay? An impartation of God's faith to you for a situation that you might be experiencing. So it's as if God was in that same place looking at it and believing in faith for that thing. God imparts that special faith to you for that moment, for that, for that situation, for that thing that's going on. And there's a couple of reasons about why that special faith is given when that gift is imparted to us. And one of those reasons is, as Paul states, it's for the edification of the church, right? That as we impart, as that faith is imparted to us and we speak that out, other people are built up. One of the things about the gift of faith is that somebody's going to look at you and their faith increases because you are showing that, that gift of faith. That comes out. Their personal faith is developed more as they're witnessing somebody kind of operate in the gift of faith. One of the other reasons that this special faith is imparted to us is that I believe God is, when he imparts that special faith, he's revealing a place that our personal faith has not yet made it to. And so he's showing us the gap. He's giving us the, the impartation of that special faith and, and inviting you, son or daughter, to grow into the faith that you don't have yet. And then when you get there and you get another impartation of that special faith and we continue to grow forward. And so these are just some of the reasons that God imparts um, this special faith to us for the upbuilding of his church to show you personally and others around you the kind of gap in between where your faith is and where it's to go. And there are a few ways, uh, or we've seen this throughout Scripture, you know, uh, just if we think about Abraham, right, and Abraham's faith, he, he didn't have a long relationship with God, at least not that the Bible talks about, yet here he has to believe in faith that a child will come in his, in his old age, right? He has to believe in faith that something is going to happen with Isaac when God asks him to sacrifice him. So there's a faith that Abraham is operating in that many of we call him the father of, you know, our faith. Same thing with Moses as he's going to lead the Israelites out of slavery. He meets God in a burning bush, and God says, go set my people free. Moses has no context for this, okay, other than the fact that there's something speaking out of a bush talking to him from fire, right? But there's a faith, there's a trust, there's a belief 
that what this God is saying is actually going to come to pass. And then we see Daniel and Daniel in the lion's den kind of believe God for that particular time that he's in there, that God will rescue him from the den. And there are several other examples that we see throughout faith, people operating in this, um, in this special gift of faith. Now, some ways that this gift can manifest itself. So manifestation, right, is the revealing, is to show um, that this gift is in operation. And just a few ways that it can be, that we can actually see it. And one of the ways is kind of boldness in prayer and in action, right? So you're sitting in a prayer group and somebody's praying and they pray something that just is overwhelming, overwhelmingly powerful, that you that is hearing it go, oh my goodness, that, that, how could that not happen now? Whatever that thing is. And the person praying it goes, I don't even know where that came from. I just spoke that out and it, and I just feel it, it, it's going to happen. What, you know, whatever that thing is, it can happen in, in a boldness of action, right? And just believing in faith that God is going to fulfill something for you. George Mueller operated in this as one who has never asked for a dime when he, st- he's, George Mueller was one in the early 1900s that started um, child uh, orphan orphanages and never asked for a dime and yet completely lived on people providing money for these different orphanages. And one story, they didn't know how they were going to feed the kids that day and he said, well, we'll just trust God and all of a sudden, a meat locker like truck pulls up and says, we have like 300 pounds of extra meat that our freezers broke. We don't know how, where to put this. Can we just donate it to you? And the kids were fed for another day, right? For more than another day, I believe, with that, right? <laughs> but there was a special faith that George Mueller had behind that and this boldness and action to just trust God and not go out and try to fix that problem himself, right? Unshaken trust in God during trials. And so God can impart a special faith to you in the moment of a trial where you are just unshaken. I know this storm is here, but I am locked on the anchor, and I have the slightest clue why, right? And everybody around you wants to believe that too, but struggles with it because of what's going on, right? But your faith in that can help move that needle forward. And then one I've already kind of talked about, a contagious faith that inspires others. When we're really operating in that gift of faith, it has no choice but to inspire others to a deeper sense of faith. So as we think about the gift of faith, one thing I want to just mention, and it's, there's, it's anything in the operation of the gifts, the lines are not clear. I think we try to draw clear lines. We try to draw buckets, and this thing fits in this bucket, and this thing fits in that bucket. And I think God is purposely gray on purp- you know, so that we can't put them in a box. And so I think there's some things in our own faith journey where we might say, you know what, I've operated in the gift of faith, or I've seen the gift of faith operate. When I did my study for this and I looked back on my life, I, th- I, I can't actually say. I don't think I've experienced a special impartation of God's faith to me. I've not, I don't think I've seen it in anything that I've currently witnessed in people around me. I'm not saying that you haven't, but I know that I haven't. I had a, a story that I was going to share. You know, so Grace led ministry time a couple weeks ago, and 
I remember Larry putting her on the schedule, Grace coming to me and going, Brandon, are you sure? I don't, I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to do this. And the way I looked at Grace, I said, Grace, you're going to be fine. It's going to be good. Just, just do it. Just go for it. I mean, it could be sound brash. It could sound, you know, like not thoughtful of Grace's, how Grace felt at that time. But I said, Grace, you're going to do amazing. I don't, I don't know what the problem is here. And Grace came out and what'd she do? She did amazing, right? And so some might look at that and go, well, that was a special impartation of faith. For me, no, I tend to have a lot of belief in people when they're going after something that they, that they're scared of, right? And I have the opportunity to support them. It's just a place God has given me where my faith in that is huge. But I think that's my personal growth in faith, not a special impartation, you know, of faith. And I think we might say to ourselves you know, the same thing, where we're like, oh, yeah, that was a special impartation of faith. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I think there's a lot of growth in our own faith that we need to come to. Another story that I, because I had to go look for stories, because I didn't have testimonies to share, you know, on this as far as the operation of the gift of faith. But a pastor by the name of Dan Mahler was doing a, talking on stage with another one, where he's talking about the gift of faith. He's on the phone with a woman whose child, two children are in the NICU, and they're dying. And she's calling him and asking for support and asking for prayer that they would be healed. And God reveals, he's in the kitchen of his own home on the phone, and God basically transforms his kitchen into a picture of heaven, a, like a sky view, and he is, he is made aware in that moment that the children will be fine. And as he's talking to the woman on the phone, she is hysterical, no doubt, because of what is going on and isn't really paying attention to what he's saying. <laughs> but he says to her, whatever her name is, call me. I'm just going to hang up right now. Call me in the morning when things are fine. And he hangs up. Okay. okay. Now he tells the people that he's talking to, don't do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> don't do that because, be, you know, the gifts are dangerous, and they can be dangerous, especially if they're used improperly, right? But there was something about, and he'll say it, there was something he just knew that he knew that he knew that he knew that the kids were going to be fine. And in the morning, she called, and the kids were healed. They were fine, right? And so his gift of faith that God was going to do something. So you see the kind of radical nature of the story, right? And the impartation of special faith for him in the moment but also the reality of kind of the dangers of operating in these gifts, even when it be healing or even in faith. Right? We have some in our congregation where loved, they were told by others, your loved one will not suffer or your loved one will not die. And then the loved one died. And so now how do you, you, know, how do you look at that? How do you wrestle with that? And so it comes kind of back to Rachel's sermon. It comes back to what we were talking about on the front side of what does it mean to operate in these gifts in love, right? Rather than just trying to stand for something or trying to push an agenda about God and his healing nature and these things, but are you actually being moved to share that kind of gift and revelation with others? Are you, are you being pushed to share your gift of faith? Is it moving in you or are you just simply standing on something that you want to be true? Right? but may not be because it, God hasn't spoken that to you. Right, and so the gifts, the gifts are dangerous. And the, the, just the idea that I had is like, we all have knives in our kitchen, right? 
And a knife is dangerous if used improperly. Right? But a knife is also extremely helpful when it comes to cutting a steak, when it comes to be putting, putting butter on a piece of bread. <laughs> right? But we, prop- we know how to use a knife, and we know when it's being used improperly, but we don't get rid of the knife. Right? It's not safe, but we can use it safely. Right? And so that's the thing with the gifts about that they're, they're not necessarily safe but we can use them safely. And how we cultivate how we use the gift of faith really comes from the development of the love we have for one another, the trust that we're building, right? So even the gift of faith in itself, how do we do that in this this context of saying, do I have faith in you? Do I have trust in you? Do I have a belief in you that you are going to care for me, that you are not going to shame me, right? That you are going to love me in the midst of, of me trying to operate in this gift and failing in it, right? You can't get better at it without failing at it for a couple times. It's super hard for me to say, but it's true. (laughs) And so as we develop the gift of faith, as we go after how to do this, I want us to just hold the tension that there will be some times where you feel like you're supposed to move out in this gift of faith and it blows up in your face. We've just got to be ready for that. But that needs to not stop you from pursuing the gift of faith. Because if I've not, in the 10 years that I've been following Jesus, not felt like I've seen the gift of faith in part itself, what could that do to the body if we were operating in that gift of faith more? If we believed that it was possible, if we felt moved, yet we're scared of sharing whatever that faith revelation might be. I mean, again, so the the gift of faith is meant to inspire us individually, but also meant to grow up the body, right? So as always, these gifts, they operate with each other. They work in harmony with each other. Sometimes they overlap. A lot of times we're going to ask the question, well, was that the gift of faith or was that the gift of healing? Was that a healing? Was that a miracle? I mean, what is tongues? I mean, there's just, it's, it's not clear. And I think that we need to be able to rest in the tension of the lack of clarity and why it's important that you pursue the gift giver and not the gift. And we do all of these things with love being at the center of that. If you love one another, the gifts really don't matter. As much as we want to operate in that power, but if you can operate in the power of love, right? Faith, hope, and love, these things will fall away, but the greatest of these is love, right? So what I want us to think about this morning as we talk about faith at our tables, as we work through those discussion questions, they're going to be about faith and how have you seen faith, you know, around you? What are some places where you can cultivate faith in your life? But really what I want you to pursue at your tables is how, do, how am I going to love you better through asking these questions? How am I going to take a step of vulnerability, right? In order to get trust, sometimes we have to take a step. It's okay if it's a millimeter wide, okay? But just how am I going to love better during this time together as we cultivate the gift of faith?